Good morning and welcome to Monday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. I hope you had a, well, a fantastic weekend. It was hot and hotter uh, all over the West. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to be back. Uh, yes, I am officially an empty nester. Yeah, my wife and I, uh, the the last of the Mohicans, if you will, is is off right now. He's probably, you know what, he's probably running gassers right now, if I was to guess. He's probably on the football field uh, running gassers. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find out what the what the whole empty nester thing's all about, all the fun activities uh, that my wife and I are going to partake now that we have no responsibility. I mean, you know, think about it. He's gone. He's not here. Out of sight, out of mind. Uh, well, you know what won't be out of mind? What it costs. Holy cow. Uh, let's, I, don't even get me started because there's no inflation. And if there is, it's just transitory. Don't forget tonight. Um, I got uh, talked to Jason this morning. I was uh, emailing or, well, I guess texting with Brian last night. Had a great uh, dinner with Bradley Dean last night. Uh, tonight at 6 o'clock at Parish Park. Uh, for those of you uh, that are the old timers, this is the park where we, uh, the station used to have uh, the picnics. Uh, and it's right next to the radio station, right down the street uh, from the radio station. So if you actually parked uh, near the radio station, you, you can walk there. It's like a block away. Uh, Bradley Dean's going to uh, be out there delivering uh, the State of the Union as he sees it. Uh, and I, I encourage all you parents out to bring your kids. It's a really, really positive message uh, for kids out there, especially in today. Let's face it, you know, this show included a lot of doom, a lot of gloom. And, there, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, but but uh, a message of hope is always a great thing. So uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, it's free. It's free, so uh, no cost to you guys. If you want to make a donation to Bradley's ministry, uh, we're not going to stop you. Uh, but that is at 6 o'clock tonight at Parish Park, uh, right down the street from the radio station. Uh, and it was just exciting. This is the first of hopefully many. Uh, it went well last night. Uh, we're anticipating it going well again today, and and. Uh, that's going to allow us to do more and more uh, uh, of these events and a lot more uh, interaction with our listening audience. I know the Friday events are making a comeback. Paul, the Reverend, the Rev, if you will, he is uh, in charge and scheduling those things. Uh, and I know that uh, Steve Stars is on the list of speakers. Uh, they've got everything all planned out. I, I, mean, I am now officially uh, in the need-to-know uh, basis and Jason determines what I need to know, and that's all he's told me. But uh, those are coming back as well, and and I know you've been hearing it. All kinds of new advertisers uh, coming, and there's even more coming. Uh, get out there and support them. Uh, this is uh, this is how we envisioned uh, this whole thing happening when we first took over the radio station, and uh, we couldn't be happier now that uh, at least the COVID restrictions have let up. People are out there, uh, got money to spend, right? The government's got everyone's wallets full. Uh, so take advantage of that. Get yourself some new customers advertised right here at 1360 KHNC. And uh, we can help all of you out there to do just that. Having said all that stuff, 
questions starting to arise. I know, shocking. Does the Fed even know what they're doing? How about big corporations? Do they believe what the Fed is selling uh, when it comes to inflation? Uh, We had one of the Fed cheerleaders switch course today uh, after, well, let's face it, believe it or not, there's a bunch of companies that people pay a lot of money to to gather information. Uh, if any of you are uh, familiar, you know they, they call it analytics. You know, baseball uh, got into it. A guy named Bill James. And if you've ever watched the movie uh, Moneyball with Brad Pitt and the Oakland A's, uh, saying, "Hey, you know." Uh, the way you think, the way people think about baseball needs to change, and and they they did they gathered all this information, and, and people paid a lot of money for that stuff. At first, they used to laugh it off. Well, the same thing applies in the financial world, and there's companies out there that are asking, and they're not listen. They're not calling me up, okay. They're not probably calling you up. No, they're calling up uh, the big CEOs and the big CFOs out there. And, and they're, they're asking them some very simple questions. Hey, what do you think about what the Federal Reserve has to say about inflation? Are they right? Are they wrong? Do they know what they're doing? Are you better at inflation than they are? These were just some of the questions that were asked. You know, these are CFOs, oh, of over $5 trillion worth of market cap companies, so big companies. And the the, the funny thing is, is they, they, they give the, the results sort of. But before it it gets to us to digest, it it gets uh, sanitized. So because it was an article that CNBC did, they wanted to point out all the reasons why the Federal Reserve is right before actually telling you what these CEOs and CFOs thought. But don't worry. I'm going to let you know. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dot. 800-951-0592. Yeah, so really interesting. The Global CFO Council Survey. Yeah, say that a bunch of times. The Global, oh, wait, Q2. Apparently they take this survey every quarter. And so they were asking these CFOs. It, it really, if you're going to ask somebody, CFO's pretty good. Pretty good guy to ask. CEO, not as much. Because, you know, the CFO is the one that, you know, signs the checks. Now, maybe a better one would have been the buyers of the material. But uh, CFO's a pretty good place to go. Pretty good place to go. And they were asking them about where they see and what they see about inflation. And here's what they said. 
They said they're worried about input cost and wage inflation. And that many financial officers says price hikes will be needed, especially if the trends remain in place. Now, again, the central bank, who, let's face it, they've got all this data. They've got more data than the CFOs. Right? The CFOs, listen, I know what's going on with my company. I, I see what's happening. And, and very clearly, here's what they saw. Everything costs more. Right? All the quote-unquote input costs. That's your supplies. That's your materials. Right? Whether it's cardboard boxes or steel or aluminum or iron ore or soybeans, whatever it is. That's your input cost. I say the rise. Then they said the next thing is wage. CFO, hey, you know, I'm signing the checks. Keep having to pay more and more. Then they asked them, and this was the best thing. Now, this article's really long, and it talks about uh, the survey when it was conducted. Uh, 41 members of the Global CFO Council represent some of the largest public and private companies in the world. Okay, Now, I don't know which private ones or public ones they were on, but they said, listen, more than $5 trillion. And they went on and, and, and tried to, oh, inflation's peaky, and it's going to be transitory, and don't worry. And then right at the very bottom, after you read about how uh, inflationary pressures were hopefully going to subside, that consumers are spending faster, that businesses and governments can ramp up, and they talked about, hey, we think that... Now, I don't know why they say it's, it's, it's peaking, but that's their saying, hey, it's peaking. But the CFOs... They're not so sure. And at the very end of all of this stuff, they asked them, how confident are you in Jay Powell? How confident are you in the Federal Reserve and their ability to control inflation? And their answer was very simple. And again, this is the very last sentence. CFOs have more faith in their own ability to respond to inflation. Right? And how do they respond to inflation? They raise prices. Or they shrink packages. Right? Right? I mean... And a lot of them are probably going to do what? They're probably going to do both. Hey, I'm going to put I'm going to put a few less products in there, and I'm going to raise the price. They have more faith in their own ability to respond to inflation than in the Fed's ability to actually control inflation. And this is something again 
that, that I, I've touched upon in the past. This is what you had to believe. If you really think fiat money is a good thing, that the central banks can actually control inflation. They pretend like they can, don't they? Go back to 1971, right? Because that's really 50 years ago, about as far back as you can go. Now, I know they came into existence in 1913, and I know they took the gold from us in 33, but we didn't officially go off the gold standard until 1971. And the Federal Reserve, Obviously, we had horrible inflation in the 70s. And remember, Paul Volcker crushed it. How did he crush it? He crushed it by bringing interest rates to 20%. Just imagine today. Right? You can't do it. It's my, my simple mind can't do it. 20% are you nuts? A million dollar house would be like a hundred grand. I don't even know. I, I can't even calculate what the interest payment on that would be. I mean, we got $30 trillion. I mean, you can't have 20%, can we? But they wanted us to believe that they could control inflation with interest rates. And of course, they've been telling us for two decades now about how there's not enough inflation. Of course, inflation, you know, devaluation. We want the money to depreciate faster. Why? Think about it. Does a strong nation want their money to depreciate? I mean, just common sense says, no, well, the opposite would be true. We want to have strong money, not weak money. So why would we want any inflation at all? Well, this is where the banker comes in. And in order to propagate debt, because they need you to believe that million-dollar home is a good investment. They need you to believe that the S&P 500 at all-time record highs is a good investment. And really what they need you to believe is that investment's going to keep going up. That's why deflation or devaluation is so important to them. See, if we can make the dollar worth less, it seems like these things are doing better. Should we be happy about home prices? I mean, if you're selling a home, sure. But as, we, as we've seen, not that many people are selling them, number one. Number two, they're the only people happy about 
But they told us that they can control this thing, inflation. And if that they raised rates, it would slow it. And if they lowered rates, it would speed up. That's what they said. Well, rates have been zero for a decade and a half, pretty much. Now, of course, it took a while, but inflation is now exploding. But they say, no, it's going to be fine. Now, part of it is, well, you know, technically, it was running below what we wanted for 15 years, so it's okay that it's bigger now. And as I've educated all of you, you know that's a big lie, right? Inflation never got to 1.3%. It never got to zero like they claimed. Right? They went to that new uh, educational theory, right? It doesn't matter about the answer. It doesn't matter if the answer's right or not. But did you have sound thought processes in getting to your wrong answer? That's really what matters. Now, that's exactly what we got, isn't it? The Fed came up with some fake numbers, pawned them off as real. And now even their fake number says inflation is rising at a horrible pace. And these CFOs, listen, they won't go on camera and say it. Matter of fact, don't even put my name on it. I'll just be company A. I want to be anonymous in this. We don't really have any, any belief in the Fed at all. Matter of fact... We can have more control over inflation than them. And you know what you you know why they feel that way? Hey, listen, eventually we're gonna keep raising prices until we can't. That's that's really what they meant. The Fed doesn't have any control. We do. Let's look at, at some other costs that have come out to light. Big article over the weekend about automobiles. Now, this is one of the main drivers of inflation, and I don't really know why. You know, I I would think rent and medical and insurance and food and gas and energy, right, those are more important because you buy, got to buy those almost every day, every month. Cars you buy, according to the data, about once every 12 years. Right, I think rent is probably more important than mortgages. Because <laughs> rent, you got it's about the month, you know, mortgage. I mean, how many people buy a house every year? Five million? That's still a lot, but it's not, you know, we got 320 million, 330 million people in here, not counting all the illegals. Or maybe discounting them, I don't know. But they started talking about raw material costs. So forget about wages. Forget about buildings and and taxes 
and uh, you know pension plans or 401k matches right forget about buying you know supplies for the plants and forget about distribution right and getting uh, vehicles to where they need to be forget about all of that stuff how much does it cost to make the frame of a single automobile well I didn't do it Bank of America did it they said that in the past year raw material cost in an average US vehicle has been steadily rising when we get back I'm going to tell you by who how much and then you tell me how transitory this is going to be. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We're just looking. Trying to see the signs. I mean, I don't know. Have you tried to book a hotel room lately and seen what it costs? It's expensive. Especially if it's somewhere people actually want to go. Have you ever, you know... Airline flight rental cars. Holy smokes. That's really gotten ridiculous. Rental cars. But we're just talking about raw materials here. And in this case, we're talking about the automobile industry. But really, scratch out the automobile industry. Write your industry in there. It's pretty much the same everywhere. And they said that the average cost for raw materials which really is we're talking about making the 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 the, the frame the 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 well I guess not even the frame the part that sits on the frame right the doors the trunk right you know the stuff that when you get in a car wreck you know you, you got to go and get the dents taken out of that's what we're talking about here used to cost them about 2200 and that's mostly steel and aluminum, right? Those are the two metals. One year later, $4,125. Now, that's just for the raw material. The CFOs are saying, hey, that's not all. Right? I mean, already you're like, man, that's a $2,000 increase. That same raw material costs more for the people that build the engines, the transmissions, right? <laughs> you know. On and on and on and every facet. Plastics, horribly more expensive. And then they're saying on top of that, we got to pay more money. Then they said, but on top of that, pay more money, not only to the small, they got to pay more money to their employees. 
On top of that, the cost to get the cars where they need to be. See, there's no uh, car plant here in Arizona. Only there's one in Colorado either. I mean, they're mostly in Mexico. Let's not let's not kid ourselves, right? They're mostly in Mexico. Well, we got a few, you know. Michigan's got a few. Ohio's got a few. Missouri's got a few. A couple of the states in the South got a few, but they're mostly in Mexico, or or they're in South Korea, Japan, China. Right? We know. We know where they are. The cost to get the cars where they need to be. That's up 300%. So think about raw materials up 100%. Labor costs up 10%. The, the cost of you know the engines and all the other uh, ancillary items, the dashboards and, and the seat covers and, and you know the floor mats. Anywhere from five to fifty to a hundred percent. It goes, you know, they're just like it just depends on the item. But there was one thing that was very interesting. Nobody talked about prices going down. And and they said, you know, right now, right, we're at this horrible dilemma where we we we've raised prices, but those prices that we raise them to aren't sustainable and what they meant by that was hey if these prices don't start coming down and coming down real soon we're going to have to raise prices again and this is kind of where all of a sudden the Fed's transitory argument starts to lose steam and this morning, one of the, what I'll call the Fed cheerleaders, Mohamed Alarian, if you've ever watched CNBC, this guy's on like almost every day. He came out all of a sudden this morning and said that he sees growing evidence that the Fed is wrong. Now, I keep saying, where, where are these people looking? How many more signs do you need? I have concerns about the inflation story. Really? Now, now we're concerned. Every day, I see evidence of inflation not being transitory. Really? Every day? Every day. But for months, you've been telling us something different. I have concerns that the Fed is falling behind and that it may have to play catch-up. Boy, I want to tell you right now, I want him to be wrong. Problem is, he's right. History makes you very uncomfortable if you end up in a world in which the Fed has to play Ketchup. Of course, what's he talking about? Feds had to play ketchup in the seventies, didn't they? I mean, gold went from forty-two dollars to eight hundred. 
yeah, do you think that we're in store for something here? Now, remember, these CFOs kind of backed them up. Matter of fact, my guess is he saw that and said, okay, we got a problem. What happens when the Fed has to raise interest rates? We end up with a recession because you have to slam on the brakes as opposed to slowly tapping your foot. Again, this is the myth that they believe, oh, no, we can control it by raising or lowering rates. No, they can't. They've already proved it. Here's here's what's very, very simple. If you actually look at the numbers on inflation, I mean, really looked at them, like I have. I see them everywhere. It's what I'm doing. I'm researching it all the time. I don't care. Okay, yeah, you, a vehicle costs more. I get it. And guess what? That's not a reason for it to be transitory. Why did it cost more? The problem was it wasn't just because steel prices went up. That could be transitory. Everything has gone up. That's not transitory. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. It's not transitory. I don't think so. I want it to be. Let me be the first to tell you I want it to be. But it just doesn't make sense. Here's another headline. Airport restaurants, TSA. Offering $1,000 bonuses to find workers, right? And it's everybody. Let me give you an example that I think all of you could relate to. And then you can, de- you can decide. Should you be buying more stock or houses? Or should you be getting ready for what's coming next? Lumber. We've all heard the story. Remember, lumber prices went through the roof. I think there was one point, it went up like 15 days in a row. It was incredible. The cost of the lumber added $24,000 to the cost of a home. Just the lumber. Well, lumber prices... They're way off the highs. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not going back to those old lows, but they're way off the highs. And have been for a while. I mean, we should have seen a housing sale, you know, the average price of a home fall based on that transitory factor. Right? Something happened in the lumber market. And the Fed knows, well, you know, probably it'll it'll rebound. It'll balance out. We see that in agriculture, why they don't like to count food. Well, there was a drought, so corn prices went up and soybean prices went up, but, but next year it's going to rain, they'll go back down. Right? That's transitory. But why wasn't housing transitory? What happened? Well, the cost to get the lumber to the to the subdivision got a lot more expensive. 
the copper piping more expensive. And copper's it's off its size, but not very much. I mean, copper's still way over four four dollars. I mean, it's expensive. All the electrical wiring got more expensive. The hardwood floors got more expensive. The tile got more expensive. The granite countertops got more expensive. The plumbing fixtures got more expensive. The bathtubs and the showers and the sinks. The knobs to turn them on got more expensive. The concrete to lay the foundation and the rebar that went in it got more expensive. (laughs) The cost of labor got more expensive. Are you getting my point? And this now all of a sudden is what Mohammed Al-Aaron and everybody else is starting to see. And this is why the CFO report, the CFOs are like, hey, we, I don't know what the Fed's talking about. We, we have no confidence that they can control inflation. And, and really what they're saying is, listen, we've already raised prices. And so far this transitory thing that the Fed keeps talking about hasn't happened. And we're at this point now where we got to start raising prices again. And this is what Muhammad El-Arian is talking about. It's not just one thing. Right? If if crude oil spikes, which I mean, it's already 70-some dollars. That's one thing. If lumber spiked, that's one thing. If steel spiked, that's one thing. The problem is, this is an everything spike. Across the board. And things that you don't even think about. Yeah, raw material costs more. But so did the engines, and so did the tires, right? So did the rims, so did the windshield, so did the wiper blades, Right, all of those things, the the chips now that are going in the cars, all cost more. The labor to assemble them costs more. The shipping of the vehicles costs more. Getting them to where they need to be costs more. And the Fed keeps sleeping. See, and this is the thing that happened in the 70s as well. They they said the same things. It's just, it's just transitory. It's going to go away. right? They, you know, the, What is the one thing you hear about the 70s? The one really big thing was the oil embargo. Right? That's the one. That's the only thing I remember from my, my textbooks in going to public school. Yeah, there was gas lines and an oil embargo and, and uh, you know, kind of, sort of, the ending of the Vietnam War, right? But that, that's all you hear. That's all we saw. That's all you heard about. It was one thing. But it was so much more than that. 
and the longer the Fed sleeps, the worse the medicine is going to be. And here's my thing, though. I don't think they're going to do it. They can't raise rates. This thing, I think, this is my thing. I think inflation is going to get so out of control before they actually are forced to do it. Because they already know what's going to happen when they do. Patriot Radio News Hour. Final segment coming up. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, I've got a, a, a small item. But I want to do it because they're cool and they're awesome and it's my favorite coin. I, I've got 20 $5 Indians at $645 today at 800 951 $25 Indians at $645. Uh, metals plans, we're going to be done this week. Uh, Brittany confirmed it already. Uh, Colorado pickups, Jason's going to be calling you at the end of of the week there to start getting your medals plans picked up there as well. Tomorrow, I'm going to break down the rate hikes of the 70s. Just so you know, interest rates in January 1971 were at four and a quarter, which was normal for that time, four to five percent. And people tell you, oh, gold doesn't rise when interest rates do. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. The 70s is a great example of that. But we'll break it all down tomorrow. We're going to go year by year of what was happening. We'll talk GDP. We'll talk unemployment. And we'll talk inflation and try to draw parallels uh, to what we see. Uh, it, It was really eye-opening for me and i think you guys will will find it very very interesting uh all of those things but uh five dollar i don't have very many i apologize but it is what it is five dollar indians at 645 uh ten dollar liberties at a thousand fifty still the best you know hey what's the best deal what's the best price per ounce it's got to be that ten dollar lib at a thousand fifty eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two for those of you in colorado uh, Bradley Dean, Bradley Dean tonight, 6 p.m. Parish Park. Uh, be there. It's going to be great. He listen. Bradley's great. His passion's great. Uh, really, uh, a, a positive message. And and in a world that's let's face it, you know, we, we morality seems to be going by the wayside. We're so divided here. Uh, a, a positive message uh, for the younger kids. This is kid friendly. If you want to bring them along. Uh, do it. There is no cost. If you want to make a donation to Bradley's ministry, uh, we're not going to stop you. Uh, but that is at Parish Park tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But right now, gold's up three. Gold's really flat, really. It's 1880. Uh, silver uh, just under 26 and a quarter. 26.22 on silver. The Dow's actually down. Uh, a couple of hundred points, uh, about 205. Here's the funny thing again the 10 year note, 146, not rallying at all. Big, 
big concern for me because you know what the bond market's saying to me? We don't believe the Fed at all. Don't believe it. I know that they're snake oil salesmen and they're telling you one thing, but they have no intention. That's my fear. Because if the bond market actually believed the Fed was going to taper, that the Fed was going to raise rates, we would see, I mean, well, I mean, at least one six, one seven. I mean, and that's kind of idiotic. Think about, you know, a low rate in the seventies was four and a quarter. Now we can't even get above zero. Patriot Radio News Hour. God bless everybody. We'll be back tomorrow.